we're live coachability podcast with coach neil coach kel where we're about to get a little bit smart a little bit stronger and a little bit richer today let's get it all right neil today we're talking strength how to get people strong why do they want to get strong where do you go when someone says neil i want to get strong yeah let's debunk some myth let's make things clearer for people sometimes you can get lost in the weeds of strength you can let's let's pull some people through all right let's start with the question of the day what you got? Okay. I believe episode, I don't know, three, four, we talked about a favorite beer, but we haven't talked about spirits yet. If you had to pick a category of booze, what is yours? Uh, great question. My birthday is coming up and I feel like birthdays are a pinnacle moment to switch things up in your life. Oh, wow. And I've been a beer guy for a long time and I had a conversation with my girlfriend. I go, I think it's time to switch up my beverage of choice. I gotta find a hard liquor. So, I did some research. I'm going whiskey. Did some research. Now, yeah, research as in uh, finding out the different types of whiskey. Are you familiar okay. with bourbon and scotch? And I see them. I couldn't tell you what the actual difference is. Yeah, well, I watched one YouTube video, so I feel like I'm an expert. Oh, that's good. But we're going to a place called the Whiskey House. Oh, nice. Shout out Whiskey House. Where I'm gonna go try some and find my new beverage. Okay. So I'm gonna stay tuned on that. I like that. Yeah. Now, do you think you're going to go, uh, say, old-fashioned with the whiskey, like an actual drink? Or are you Kel just going to put it on the rocks? I'm, see I'm seeing myself on the rocks. Yeah. Yeah. I can see it. I'm seeing myself sitting, in a, sitting like in a corner <laughs> of my office with a small lamp, maybe a, a oh nice book, goodness, and whiskey on the rocks. Bro, I'll throw some tight jeans on you. That's what I'm... A, maybe a fancy hat and a hipster, you know? I'm not shaving the beard for a good couple months, too. <laughs> <laughs> maybe see what happens. <laughs> I love it. All right, guys, let's dive in. All right, big guy. So, say a client comes up, you're, you're doing a consultation, and, and you're asking, hey, what are your goals? And they say, I want to get strong. I've never felt strong before. I want to get strong. What's going through your mind? Yeah. Says I mean, who, who doesn't? I think a lot of people sit down with us and think aesthetics right off the bat and how they're going to look as a result of what they do. But I like to start thinking, how are you going to, how are you going to move weight? How are you going to perform better? Yeah. And then what are the results that are going to come from that aesthetically? So a lot of times, if I get someone that already says that, how, how do I get strong? Oh, well, let's show you. I'll, I'll tell you right off the bat, X, Y, and Z, which we're going to get into. A lot of times I sit back and people go, I want to look good. I go, well, you got to get strong first. Yeah. Did you ever get that? Oh, yeah, absolutely. What's the found? I'd say it's the fa I'd say strength is the foundation of everything else. Yeah. You're not going to be fast unless you're strong first. Um, I, you could even make an argument that to be flexible, you got to be strong. No way. No. Yeah. You got to have one without the other. I remember hearing one time that, uh, a healthy muscle is can express both extremes, like extreme, um, we'll say tensile strength, extreme max uh, flexion, if you will, and then extreme relaxation. Like oh, you should be able to great. get a deep tissue massage and like have the masseuse go to the bone. That's a healthy muscle. I go, oh gosh. I'm not that healthy. I have neither. Yeah, <laughs> same. <laughs> but no, it's good. So so if someone comes to me and says, I want to get strong, I say that's a great place to be because by getting strong, we're going to get X, Y, and Z covered as well, which yeah. is nothing but good things happen with that. But I guess it starts with the background. Where do they come from? Have you been strong before? Sure. Right? Uh, give, me your, give me your exercise history. If this is the first time coming in, it's a, it looks a lot different than if I'm sitting down with an athlete. Yeah. No, that is, that's, a, I'm, that's a good point. I'm glad you said that because uh, for folks listening, 
I think we've come fall victim to wanting to hit going to go from A to Z way too quickly. And sometimes you got to set the foundation first. So understanding their medical background. Yeah. That's good. Uh, getting them to realize that it's going to take a concerted effort. It's going to take a program. Yeah. It's going to take repeatability to get them to their, whatever you decide is their goal. We'll speak to the repeatability part because I think that's the biggest part in actually getting strong. Yeah. You have to, you have to get them to buy into the program and recognize that by just throwing exercises against the wall and waiting to see what sticks, that's not going to work. Mm-hmm. Like if I'm, you, we see it all the time. Unfortunately, we see the same people going to the gym uh, and a year later look the exact same yeah. and maybe they put in good effort, but they're doing a, a different workout every single time. So Muscle think, confusion. <laughs> yeah. I think maybe uh, the beach bodies of the world sold us a little bit poorly on that. Yeah. Um, so you have to realize that, sticking to the program is the only way you're going to get there. Uh, and that's, and that's for us coaches. That's why people hire us, right? Right. Is, is to make them be accountable to the program, make them recognize in this six week protocol, we're going to do back squats every Monday. It's just, that's going to work. Yeah. But we have to make sure that's how it's done in order to get stronger. And and you could have that boring day, perhaps like the, the same day that you've done the same movements. Now it's up to you as the coach to make it fun. Right. Know, provide a joke or two, whatever, right. but you got to get them through the program. Right. So that, that's where I start is, is recognize that I know I'm preaching to the choir, talking eye to eye to you with you. I mean, uh, being a great programmer, it's, you got to start there is recognize you got to get the person to buy into, Hey, this is what's going to happen for the next four to eight weeks. These are the results we expect from it. That's, and I, I like that you touched on that. This is what I expect to happen. So if you can, if you can engage the expectations Mm. Um, say, you know, you might not notice anything in the first two weeks, but the third, fourth weeks where we're really going to hit our stride type thing, predict expectations for them. Yeah. Yeah. I've used it a few times for new people. Like the old, uh, the first two to three weeks is kind of more uh, neurological, if you will. Sure. And then the following four to lifetime is more muscular, right? You're you're not, your, your nerves have to catch up. Your nervous system has to recognize, Oh, this is a stimulus that I need to adapt to. Yeah. That takes a few weeks. Holy shit. Am I sore? (laughs) That takes a few weeks. Yeah. And so for sometimes if if I'm thinking males here specifically, who are looking for like muscle gain right off the bat, uh, right off the bat, I I think our body is like a direct reflection of what we were doing three weeks ago. Like, so if we just started three weeks ago, we're not, we're not expecting anything crazy yet. Right. Let's give it three more weeks. Then look in the mirror and judge our efforts. Mm So that's a cool way. Yeah, just taper expectations to start. That's good. So now when you think strength, as far as acute variables, and let's maybe list the acute variables for everyone real quick. So if we're talking rest, volume, intensity, uh, frequency, and exercise selection, duration, out of those, which one are you manipulating the most? Volume and intensity. I think the science has been done already to as far as colleges that are much smarter than us and have much more scientific tools than us have realized that four to eight reps, three to four rounds is what produces strength gains. Right. And so it's like, we know where, where we should be working in it. Mm -hmm. It's just about how you're going to go about working in it. And I think that's where intensity comes into play. Right. And so what, let me throw the question back to you. Like, what do you think about? I think instantly intensity. 
like volume I'm going to play with when it comes to getting strong. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm probably not going to have you working any less than two sets. That seems like it wouldn't be enough, but intensity is the main thing that I'm going to manipulate over the course of the program. So say that the program is going to last four to six weeks. I'm looking for weight to go up and it's okay if volume doesn't say I, I keep volume at three sets of things and it's roughly in this range of one to five reps. So now let's just take three by five, 15 reps. Say that never changes, but the weight does, then I can measure strength that way. Oh, good. Okay. So volume in a sense of straight increase in weight. No. No, intensity. Sorry, intensity as in a straight increase in weight. Yeah, that's what I'm looking at when it comes to strength. And so we can get there later as far as like my go-to program for increasing strength. But that's the first thing I'm looking at. And then with this, it's a it's a buzzword that we know, or it's I think it's actually a scientific term in kinesiology is progressive overload. Yeah. Um, and what that means is, you guys, is the load progressively gets heavier. So you're progressively overloading the, the muscle or creating more of a stimulus. Nothing too fancy. It, and I, a great analogy for this, I like to say it to all, all my clients that want to get strong. I say, okay, this is the way we're going to go about it you're essentially going to be carrying a baby calf up a hill every day. And we're going to see who becomes a bull first. Oh, you're so cheesy. But they love it. Unbelievable. (laughs) Yeah, I'm bought in. (laughs) I want to to carry, I'll carry it all the way to my calf giving birth to a new calf. (laughs) (laughs) A family of calf. No, that's what it all comes down to. It's stimulus and adaptation, right? Is, is recognizing that whatever stimulus you apply, you're going to demand an adaptation. At a client the other day, I, I say those two words so often because I just it's tough for people to right. think about how you actually leave the gym weaker than when you walked in. Oh, that's, that's yeah, yeah, that's like, fair. Like our goal here, our main goal is to just tear tissue down. If our goal is strength, right, is to just break tissue down, rip down actin and myosin, and figure out how we're going to adapt outside of it. Whether that's been you know rest, nutrition, all that fun stuff. I say that so often that one time my client, uh, he's leaving. I say, hey, good workout. You know, I'll, see, I'll see you next Tuesday, whatever it is. Hey, thanks for the stimulus. <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> you don't want to say that too loud. Yeah, I think he, I think he actually screamed it loud enough to be oh, heard. Oh, my goodness. And I was like, you're, you're welcome. And I, was, I didn't know what to say. I thought it was so funny. Yeah. But that's all it is, is After stimulus. After he gets off the stretch table. Yeah. So go go back to go back to intensity as an overarching principle of, of the main variable that you're that you're, that you're, um, manipulating. Yes. How, what's the expectation week to week? Well, it's a, that's a great question. And I think this is where a lot of folks struggle. Should I be going at five pounds, 10 pounds, whatever. So the program, if we could jump into this is, uh, the APRE three, six, and 10 stands for auto regulatory progressive resistance exercise. It sounds really cool. You should probably drop that in front of your clients. Uh, that program that I use sets certain parameters for you to up intensity. So I'm going to try to make this super clear for you guys so you can obtain it and then maybe go read about it later. But when you're doing this, let's just take the bench press. For example, you're going to have four sets. Now, only two of them are truly going to be working sets, okay? Let's pick the APRE3, for example, APRE3. So what three means is your estimated three rep max. That's what it's referring to. 
So let's say your bench press to make math simple here is 100 pounds. You estimate that you can lift 100 pounds three times. That's your three rep max. Well, over the first set, you're going to do 50% of that. All right, so you're going to hit three reps at 50 pounds. Great. Take two minutes off. Take four minutes off. I don't care. Whatever you need to fully recover. Okay. Next, you're going to hit three reps at 75%. Okay, so now 75 pounds. And then you're going to take two, three, four, five minutes off. Doesn't matter until you feel fully recovered. Here comes the money sets. These are the work sets, set three and set four. Now, you estimated your three rep max to be 100 pounds. Okay, so in this third set, we're going to give it everything we got. We are going to failure. You can do more than three reps. So you go in there and you start banging them out and you get to three and you hit four. You even hit five. If you hit five, if you hit two extra reps, I'm going to give you 10 pounds. If you only hit one extra rep, you only did four reps, I give you five pounds. Okay, does that make sense? So in that scenario, you hit, you went for your three, you ended up getting five, you got 10 pounds, you earned 10 pounds. So now we're going to add on for that fourth set, 10 extra pounds. So now you'll be at 110 pounds, your fourth set, three reps. Oh, good luck. Yeah. And this might be very tough. And you guys, oftentimes, we don't even hit the, the three that we are hoping to get because you're so gassed from the third money set. Make sense? So maybe in that fourth set, you go and you get two. Great job. Don't worry about it. Rack it. We're going to come in next week. You're going to allow a full seven days to heal from that exercise before you come back in and try to repeat that effort. Now, when you get to the money set, the third set, it'd be 110 pounds instead of 100 pounds because we haven't broken through that yet. You need to hit four to five reps before you get to earn more weight. You think that made sense? Yes, absolutely. Auto-regulatory progressed. You took the guesswork out of it. Yeah. If they perform better than expected, better than their last effort, they get more weight that next set and then the following week. Yeah. Now, I, I know people are thinking about this because I did the first time I heard this program. So in the example I just gave you of 100 pounds, we added 5 and 10 pounds. It may make sense to go by 2.5 and, and 5 pounds. Mm -hmm. It may make sense to go 10 to 20 pounds. Say you're, say you're now at a 200-pound bench press and going up 10 to 20 pounds, or maybe like a 300 pound bench press where you add two and a half on each side. That's not really changing much things for this, this lifter. If you got two extra reps, you might need to go up by seven and a half and 15, however you're going to do this. Right. But just know your mover, know the weights that you're playing with and then pick them. Say, Hey, if you get one extra rep, you get five, you get two extra reps, you get 10. You set the parameters for them. And people chase that down. I've seen crazy things happen. Yeah, beautiful. Uh, I mean, the, just step back and think the, the, the way that Kelly just described that is a little bit long-winded, but not much different than the way I would describe it to a, a client. If you're coming up to a client with that much knowledge of where they're going to go in the next six weeks and say each week I'm going to challenge you to do two reps or one rep better than you did last week, you're going to come in fired up for that. Yeah. And a, an important thing to set here is the expectation of rest. And saying, like, some guys just get so fired up on the bench press. They just want to bench all the time. They're like, no, you get it once a week. And they're like, what? once a week? I'm, it's not enough. And you're like, we'll see. 
and you just watch the strength gains go through the roof because they're fully recovered every time they go and hit it and they can give you their best effort. You know, mm. now, uh, that's not going to work. You're not going to see your client one day a week. So let's think about what movements we might pair within this program. So let's say the bench press is going to handle maybe upper pushing that day. Let's throw away and say a lower pull just to give a little variety. So maybe you're going to bench press and deadlift with that APRE format. And then everything else can be accessory. Everything else to do that day, maybe it's some ab exercises, some arms, whatever the heck you want. It's all accessory. It doesn't really matter. It's not the meat and potatoes. That's We're going to get strong off the bench press and the deadlift that day. Then maybe you see that person. So that was Monday. Let's say you, you see that person again on Wednesday. Now maybe we have a squat and maybe a loaded pull-up, squat and a row of sorts, just an upper pulling exercise. You do that. Okay. And those are going to be high intensity again. Now we've given 48 hours for the nervous system to calm down a little bit. Let's say Friday, God, Friday, maybe we wanted to throw in like an overhead press, an overhead press and a, uh, maybe a front squat. Mm. It's going to be a lower intensity on the front squat, but I wanted to get that overhead press in there. And we can see if that mover can handle three days pretty high intensity, but it's only one or two movements that are really high intensity. Now, some people may respond really well to this. Like we've done this together Mm -hmm. and both had great, great experiences, but we're a little bit more trained than the average folk. So maybe only two days where you're shocking the hell out of the nervous system is, is applicable for that person. Not three. Yeah. And you'll probably find out right away. You will, you will. You'll see like in the second week, if they just look gassed, if they have no juice, then you're just like, okay, that's, it was just too much. My bad. Yeah. But I would always start on the conservative side, just do two and then fill that third day. If you're going to meet three times a week with, um, good movements, maybe it's more athletic based and then they're moving to different planes of motion. They're going to get a sweat, but they're not going to be taxed nervous system wise. Mm. Yeah. Beautifully spoken. I think two or three days a week, depending on where the client's at and where they want to go with the program. Makes yeah. a ton of sense. And now, and this is just strength, right? Like I'm not preparing you for a beauty pageant with this. You're just going to get brutally strong. Yeah. And the, the, let's recognize for the audience too, because you're so good at breaking down programs. Recognize what he did there too at the Monday, Wednesday, Friday was the upper push, lower pull concept, mm-hmm. upper pull, lower push. I mean, you, you, you nail it right on the head with like, that's a great way to demand stimulus or adaptation for the whole body yeah. in each workout. You're not pushing all you could, you, yeah. but you're not, you're not pushing just upper body on Monday, just lower on, on you know, Wednesday. It's, it's funny. I know a lot of folks and, and guys, especially we fall victim to this because of our bodybuilding backgrounds. We have to have four exercises for chest that day or the chest won't grow. <laughs> right. Well, I challenge you. Why don't you just do one exercise heavy as fuck and see what happens? Yeah. You know, like, and really challenge yourself on it and give yourself adequate time to rest and go back in there and see if you could beat your previous effort. Don't just go in there and, and punch the clock and be like, well, I got to get my, you know, three sets of flies and then my incline press and then do my dips. You know, the, 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 there's no way the intensity is that high. Throughout it all it those, can't be. Right. It's so just pick yeah. one, make it intense, shock the nervous system into growth and then move on. And it's okay. Cause you're not going to do this forever. You couldn't sustain it. Mm-hmm. it, it at some point you're going to hit a breaking point where you're like, you got the most out of what your tissue and body was able to at that point in time. 
you'll take a little rest and you can come back to this another three, four weeks or so. Yeah. I, I like where you're, where you're going with that. I, there's been a lot of talk about nervous system already. I think it's important for us coaches to remember. Like it's easy to watch people for two or three hours a week and then not see them the rest of the 168 and then forget about their nervous system. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Forget about how well they're resting, how well they're eating, how well they're doing everything else outside the gym. And if they're okay to come back in and push as heavy as they want to. But we, we, I want to talk about the idea of super compensation. Yeah. Super compensation's idea of exactly that, the nervous system and how an exercise, about an exercise, a workout stimulates the nervous system into, into freaking itself out into saying, oh my gosh, that was really hard. I need to get a lot stronger before I do that again. And so what it does is it, build, it builds tissue. First, you break it down. You get a little bit worse. You walk outside the gym. You're not as strong as when you walked in. That's good. That's good. Yeah. That means and, that's, and that's so funny for people to hear. You're like, we're going to be a little worse today yeah. than when you came in. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. what? Yeah. I know. You think you get strong in the gym. You get strong outside the gym. You get weaker in the gym. So you get a little bit worse. Let's let, let's imagine a, a, a an x-axis, if you will, or a y-axis and uh, a line going across it from Monday through through Friday or Monday through Saturday. And each line has a little, or each day has a little, little divot on it, if you will. Let's say we work out Monday and we break tissue down. We got a little bit worse. And on Tuesday, we're getting a little bit better uh, because tissue's rebuilding. It's in the, in the, in the regenerate, regeneration process is going and you're sleeping well. And then Wednesday, you got a little bit more, you got a little bit better even. And so now the, 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 the graph is trending upwards. So now you have like a little half arc, if you will. And it's a lot higher than Monday when it was just the baseline that shot back up. By Thursday, you're probably at the peak of where that arch is going to go because if you don't work out Thursday, that arch will go back down to the baseline. Homeostasis. Yeah. So let's imagine from from Monday a giant, a small divot because you got worse, and then a giant arch, arch, arch peaking about Wednesday afternoon maybe, and then Thursday. If you don't train Thursday, then you're going to go back to kind of homeostasis. Your body doesn't want to change. It doesn't like to be strong. It doesn't like to add muscle. It's very expensive. And so what do we do on Thursday then instead of letting it go back to homeostasis? is train Thursday last. So when it's still on that, that, that trending arc, it's maybe on its way down, you hit it again and then boom, you hit a workout Thursday. You do another one of Kel's APRE three protocols. Maybe it's an upper push, lower pull opposite of Monday. It doesn't matter what it is. The stimulus is enough to cause an adaptation to then boof, boost it back up. Now, Friday, you got a little bit stronger and then Saturday, the arch is going back up again. And then Sunday, guess what time it is? Hit it again. So the idea of super compensation is to literally always continue to build on last time last effort yeah and you know i know i know someone's thinking this in the crowd right now but but neil but neil what if i don't do chest again you said i do chest monday and now i got a row on thursday and i don't get to hit chest again till monday and it just makes me think like you know that that you know old muscle head that came to you at the gym one time and said your bench press will get better if your deadlifts get better <laughs> yeah and you're like what the fuck did he just say to me <laughs> Do you know what? Yeah. Do you know what hit me hard? Confucius of the weight room. Yeah, seriously. You know? Do you know what hit me hard one day is, is reading Dan John's work, and we spoke about it many times in the show, and and how much how, how much fans we are. Uh, he said every day is leg day if you have legs. If if you okay, if you have legs, yeah. What are you doing? Not training legs, and I've yeah. kind of just kept that with me and seen how my this is just speaking strictly Neil's fitness, but really a lot of my clients as well. In that uh, in that. I, I really do just upper body days because I know how much value the lower body brings to the table. Oh yeah. I know how much everything from we could talk human growth hormone to, mm-hmm. to, to, to insulin release, all that fun stuff to just uh, also demanding a lot of nervous system, which yeah. is what, uh, which is what changes things in the body. It does demand a lot. And then like sometimes like, I did this the other day, I just had like a goofball workout, just went and 
grabbed some free weights and got a pump, mm-hmm. right? Uh, I didn't even get like a sweat going mm-hmm. because I, I didn't hit any legs. And they're just so much more taxing. Yeah. Even if I'm just hitting like a lateral lunge, it's just more taxing. So you get that sweat going, you feel good, endorphins are flowing, and then you can actually move some weight. Yeah. You know? Yeah. No, it's like it's, it, it's work for us, so we, we encourage you to try it too. I mean, just throw – throw an upper lower split now all your workouts and it goes a long ways but also i mean recognize that this isn't what coaching is it's not about making people tired but recognize that if you want to get the best bang for your buck it's a good idea to give them action on their lower body that's where most of their muscle is that's where most of the adaptation occurs. if someone wants to lose weight let's gain muscle in the lower body yeah what are we doing no so i'm glad you said that because so say four to six weeks happen you've been getting strong following this protocol and then it's time to reassess we got to look back at the numbers now, hopefully you guys are following a program of sorts so that if they get back on the body fat machine and it says that they say haven't lost any fat or maybe they weigh the same, that you're like, yeah, but look what you just accomplished mm-hmm. strength wise, right? Mm-hmm. Now, if your, your body fat machine also shows skeletal muscle mass, then it should point to skeletal muscle mass being up and that's why you weigh the same body fat percentage may be down. Mm-hmm. Right, because I think often we go, this person wants to lose fat, so I need to restrict calories and I need to run their ass on the treadmill all the time. Like, just get them stronger first. Just build some muscle and then watch what happens body comp wise. Just just start there. It's a great place to start. Yeah, and you know what? Their endurance will probably improve too. Yeah, no, it's a good it's a good place to start. We we like to assume coachability that you're going to be training people for a long time if your stuff's good. Yeah. And so if you're sitting down with, whether it's a, whether it's a housewife or an elite athlete that needs to get back into you know, whatever it is, let's try four to six weeks of strength. See where it gets us. Some people's body doesn't adapt to it. Some people's body doesn't like to add muscle and, and lose fat no. via, via strength training. And you have to maybe go a separate route, but How let's try it first. Yeah. Let's try it first. Let's reassess. Let's always assess. Let's always set a goal. A to B. Here's what we expect to get by B. If we don't get there by B, then we'll, we'll have C too. That's okay. Like you're, they're not going to fire you because yeah. you didn't get there. So don't don't put pressure on them to, to don't put pressure on yourself to to kill them every time to make sure they get there because they might not as a result of that. But get to B and be like, okay, for six weeks that that worked great. High five and do something similar again. If it didn't work, that's okay. This didn't work. Let's try this. So say it's you know you you reassess and you got great numbers. Everything's great. Everyone's high five and they're happy. So now what's next? Do you just go right into another strength phase? I know. Yeah, it's always a bummer. <laughs> it's always a bummer when you got to go, oh, now we got to switch things up. It's been working so well. Maybe it's maybe two more weeks, huh? Yeah, I know. Let's take two more weeks to, to ride this wave. Yeah, uh, I always undulate between hypertrophy, power, and strength. Okay. That's just the overarching bird's eye view goal of each of my either four to six to eight week cycles. And reason being, as we talked about the rep ranges earlier, it's just a nice way to continue to hit the body from different angles. Like we've hit nervous system a ton today, but if you keep driving that APRE three protocol down someone's throat, they're not going to last for too much longer. Yeah. Their shoulders so, going to start to hurt. Something's going to happen. Nothing's going to feel better than a little eight to 12 hypertrophy based, maybe dual or tricep workout. That's not as demanding as our, deadlift pull-up combination yeah. combination was and that's just once again the expectations that's good coaching yeah okay good we've got this far now we got to switch things up i know we had fun but check out where it got us we can't ride this wave forever otherwise we're gonna hit a rut 
let's now turn into this hypertrophy program. Let's now turn into this power program, less weight, uh, faster speed, right? Mm-hmm. That's what power is. Um, so that's just communication. Once you get to that point, where do you normally turn? Say that again. Where do you normally turn? Oh, after a strength? Yeah. Uh, I guess, yeah, where I'm typically going. Uh, I can't say typically because it depends on on the client, of course. But I'd like to follow strength with power. Okay. Ideally, because I feel like once I have that base of strength, I'm saying let's move fast. Let's use the strength and then create more power with Mm. it. So they're going to freak out at first because you're going to drop the weights down significantly and you're like, yeah, throw this through the roof is what I want to see. I want to see it move so fast. Yeah. It looks silly. Yeah. You know, um, and I love reassessing on the vertical is mm. that's my go-to on power. It just seems to be first the easiest for me to do off. Uh, I'll give blast motion a little shout out here. Blast motion nice. makes a great sensor for their basketball athletes and you can measure vert and horizontal broad jumps very simply with the blast motion sensor. What's your vert right now, Kel? Oh, dude, I've been like hanging around 25, 26 all my life. Stop it. You <laughs> came out the womb in the double digits. No, it's not good though. Yeah. I mean, I'd love to be over 30. Do you think you have 30? I'm thinking we played some sand volleyball recently. I might surprise myself. You you have to be able to dunk pretty easily, right? Uh, it's not easy. <laughs> It should be easy. I'm watching the way a six foot seven Kawhi Leonard palms a basketball oh and throws it in. Gosh. Uh, Did you ever hit principle? Like, it's, it's the principle of, uh, of specificity, man. You get what you train for. I don't jump much. You said this the other day, and it's actually it stuck with me. Uh, you said to jump well, you got to jump often, something like that. Yeah. Or maybe it was you or Scott, someone. Yeah. And uh, I went to just go jump to touch like the top of my garage the other day. And holy crap, when I came down, I just felt like like lumber landing on my back and everything. I'm like, okay, we need to jump a little bit more. Yeah. No, that's – you got rim checked by the garage. <laughs> on that note, let's take a quick break and hear from our sponsor. It's that time that we hear from our – Sponsor of the day. Sponsor of the day. (laughs) Today's sponsor is Baker and Olive. They are a local olive oil and balsamic company. They also sell great wines and cheeses and charcuterie boards, Neil. They are big time. Um, We went in there the other day and we were sampling, sampling, sampling a ton of olive oils. And uh, gosh, I think I like the Tuscan herb olive oil blended with a grapefruit balsamic. It was fantastic. The balsamics changed my life. <laughs> like I didn't know you could put that much flavor inside of that little tiny oil. Yeah. Oh, really good. It was very good. Anyway, I know you didn't expect this one coming from us, but they were very good. So right now, if you were to go shop at bakerandolive.com, you'd get 15% off with the coupon code COACHABILITY. That is COACHABILITY, one word, for 15% off your bakerandolive.com purchase. Enjoy. So we've talked about training needing to have different phases. How do you have that conversation with someone when a guy walks in and he's like, I need to add a hundred pounds to my deadlift this year. Yeah. The, uh, people come in with all the will in the world and it's about tapering expectations. Like we already said, 
I like to think of anyone as an athlete. And I think we should train people as athletes. Now think about it. Do, uh, that sounds harsh at first, but you go, think about it. Do athletes train year round? Not no. really. No, there's an off season. There's a preseason. There's a time to peak. There's in season. In season, you're not trained that much, right? So why should we expect the accountant to be able to push January through December? There's going to be ebbs and flows. I like the idea, and I've done this with a few clients, is, 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 is look at the 12-month calendar and say, when are we going to be able to really push? When is your rest going to be enough for us to fully get the most out of this program? Uh, Hold the phone. If you're looking at a 12-month calendar with someone, you are getting tremendous buy-in. Yeah. Say it's like the first consultation. You're just assuming. They're not even sure if they want to train. And you're like, well, let's look at a 12-month calendar and see when I can get the most out of you. Yeah. That, and they're just like, wait, what? And the buy-in like, required for sure. Yeah. But also I love just the approach of, hey, I'm a professional yeah. and I understand what we're getting into. And for you to get your best results, we need to look at this very practically. Right. Yeah. Right. So so that goes a long ways for, I think, your, your relationship right off the bat. So look at the... Maybe you know the maybe you're a teacher, and you got summer off. Let's push during summer. But once school starts back up in August, September, you're probably not going to train that much. Maybe you even bring your training frequency down a little bit, right? Uh, I don't know. Maybe maybe you're maybe you're a tax guy. In April, we're not going to load you heavy. Nope. Right? You're busy. So like, take people's jobs, take people's lifestyle into account, and pick the ebbs and flows. Some months are going to be for lack of a better word, maintenance. You never really say that to, 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 to a client because they always want yeah. to feel like they're doing better. But you know in, in, in your head that you're not going to push as hard as you could and that's okay because that's not that's in their best interest. Well, you know, it's it's funny. Like we, we look at maintenance sometimes as a bad thing. But uh, like, I mean, I've had a client that drinks and goes out, drinks like a fish and, and goes out on a regular basis three, four times a week. And at the end of the year, you look back at the scales, whatever, and it's the exact same. Yeah. And he's like, what the heck? And you're like, no, hold on. That's fantastic. You're getting older. You're another <laughs> year older. You drink like a sailor. Oh, I love that. And we're right back where we started. That's that's okay. We got through this year. Now, if you want to get a little sexier, you want to put on some meat, you're going to have to ease off the booze or whatever it is. Oh, I love so that. So maintenance that, takes work. That's such the uh, the coach in us to, to look at this this. Uh, what most people would assume is a negative thing where they are exactly the same a year later. Yeah. You go, no, you didn't get worse. Yeah. The American way is to get worse. Yeah. If you're 52 years old at 53, you weigh the same. Congratulations. Most yeah. people weigh a pound and a half more. No, truly. At least. <laughs> yeah. I mean, if, if food's not going to get you, your sedentary lifestyle will. Yeah. You know, it's, it's tough to not get a little heavier year over year or get a little bit slow. That's a good point. That's a good point. But, but yeah, to, to, to bring it full circle, I think, let people know some months, some cycles, you're going to drive, you're going to demand results, and some, you're going to smell the roses and enjoy the squeeze and enjoy sweating yeah. and and not have as high as expectations. We I mean, still okay. hold you accountable. Yeah. You're still going to come in three to four times a week. That matters. Right? Yeah. So the like d- demand change during certain months, not all. That's good. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. I want to throw some more programs out there for people. Okay just for them to um, kind of read through, marinate, yeah. do with them as they no, will. It's good. And, and go through these yourselves, you guys. If you haven't been through like a, a specific strength protocol from one of the best out there, it's really worth your time to go feel it. it yeah, from, from your own perspective too. Yeah. And then recognize too that it doesn't have to come from your own mind. 
Yes. Yeah, it's okay. That's okay. Like, I know that you want to write a custom program, Mm -hmm. and I admire you for wanting that, and people should feel that. Mm -hmm. But there is a a sense of you're not inventing the back squat. You're just taking that back squat and doing it with a certain reps and set ranges. Right. And you're going to have to adjust on the fly enough because people come in with poor sleep or whatever. So you're going to still put your spin on any program. That's a fair point. You know, but just having a protocol that's tried and true. I mean, if your mom is paying for training somewhere, wouldn't you want to know that she's getting an excellent program that's Mm. been through it? Not guesswork. Yeah. That's fair. Yeah. Uh, Right off the bat, easy strength Mm -hmm. by Dan Johns, a really good one, really simple. He, He chooses, he gives you like a chart of different compound movements. You get to choose five. So you get a little autonomy in this program. You get to choose five. It goes through sets of five, three, one sets, uh, six sets of singles, and then max doubles. So this is all below five okay. reps. This is heavy stuff. Yeah, I haven't but done this one. I've seen you do this one, though. It, and it worked great for me, and it works great for clients. Um, the idea of easy strength is keep, you know, kind of keep it simple, stupid. Yeah. Don't push past five. You're not really going to sweat. You're going to rest about three and a half minutes between sets. Why is that important? Uh so you're not breaking yourself down too much. You're actually giving yourself, your chance, your body a chance to recover in between. And this is the, this is the toughest thing I think for trainers to actually do with clients is to take three to five minutes because you have to get really creative and how to make three to five minutes feel like it, you're still doing something. That's fair. <laughs> yeah. yeah. We always feel like there's an onus to just pack every single moment with value. Yeah. And so you don't just want to talk to them about your weekend with your dog. Um, but how can you fit in the corrective movements that are going to either aid in the lift that you're doing? Because you know, you know, in your heart of hearts as the strength coach that's gone to school and read the books that you need three minutes minimum to recover from this, to get their best effort again. If you get less than that, you're probably not going to, they're not going to repeat the effort that they just had. They won't be able to, you know, this. So you got to get crafty. That's good. That's good. I don't know about you, Kel, but I, I do my best nutrition coaching during those like, yeah, it's a good time to talk right? food. Yeah, because you could just say, "Hey, what'd you eat?" Because they're kind, of, they got the endorphins rush, and they're feeling a little bit more, more honest than usual. They, you know what I mean? Like they see their performances decline. Why did your performance decline? Yeah. Well, I did drink a lot this week, and I could tell. Yeah, you're sweating already. <laughs> We've done two reps. <laughs> so yeah, so that that's an interesting point is to fill the gap with um with good stuff, but not necessarily always uh, demanding stuff. Yeah, not necessarily work. Yeah. No. So uh, that's Easy Strength by Dan John. Um, love, I'm, I'm a Strong First um, certified through uh, the kettlebell, Strong mm-hmm. First kettlebells. And I love Pavel. Pavel breaks down strength in really easy yeah, to digest beast. terms. Um, simple and sinister. Mm-hmm. Great way to just hit the basics and do them really damn well and know that you're entrenched in a coach that knows exactly what he's doing so like yeah. this program it will seem too simple on on paper and i think all the best workouts do they really do but i think if you know that you have the allure and the expertise of this really smart russian in your back corner you'd be like this it'll, it'll work it'll work yeah. trust me just no no trust me but I, i'm not sweating i don't even feel like i worked out no 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 no. don't trust me in, in five weeks you will be strong see that's the thing the best strength programs the ones that i've gotten the most results from I finish the workout and go, shouldn't I do a little bit more? Shouldn't it have been a little bit harder? Mm -hmm. You know, and it's because I think we, we put strength next to just 
a super hard work, like drenched in sweat, beat up, keeled over. Like that's what you have to put in to get stronger. That's usually what you have to put in to get a little bit more endurance. True. You know, to get stronger, you get to do a max effort thing and then hang out for a bit and talk about how the Warriors lost to the Raptors. (laughs) Could I put this live on the Coachability Podcast? Lakers 2020 champions? No. What's that? Okay, fine. (laughs) Can't. (laughs) Anyway, Uh, what's another one? NBA season never ends, huh? Um, uh, Mass made simple. Okay. This is another Dan John protocol. Comes with the whole book, and it's like 150 pages. I want to say I read it in like an ebook fashion. He hits on really good principles throughout that book. Um, kind of a lot of stuff that we hit on, just spoken through a lens of a coach that's done it for 40 plus years. That mm. that was really cool to just digest the whole book. And the program itself was um, pretty straightforward in that it's a lot of variety. It was only it's only two days a week, um, three or four days in between, which feels like. A little bit too long, but with super compensation, you'll find that yeah. towards the end of it, uh, no, wow, wow, no, I am getting a lot stronger. It's a little bit longer workouts in nature because there's a lot of movements inside of each one, so it demands that rest. Mm-hmm. There's a barbell complex inside Dude, of it. Oh, I would, yeah, nice. that's great. It's nice. Yeah, I would even say that resting the adequate amount is harder than putting in the work at times because we are so conditioned to get back in every day, and I think part of us wants to. You know, we're like, we want to go exercise. We want to move. It feels nice, right? But the if you give yourself adequate recovery time, you will get great numbers out of that. You'll get great strength gains. So I, I think the tougher part is finding what you're going to do in your rest days to get your sweat, feel good, maybe energized to go tackle the rest of your day, but without breaking yourself down enough so that you could still be in good game shape for the Thursday that you have coming up. I know this feels, this feels like this could, this could bleed into a hypertrophy conversation on how to build muscle because building muscle demands a lot of recovery in that. And it's like literally do less yeah. to build more muscle, burn less calories. <laughs> yeah, it's funny, right? right? You want to store mass, you got to at the end of the day, eat more than you burn. And, and um, so like, you know, do things like park closer in the parking lot and, yeah. and walk less to the. I mean, this is something I think about often because, like, I I love going for a run and just the feeling that you have after. Now, for me, a run is three miles. How I feel after a three mile run, but I notice if I need to deadlift or squat the next day after my run, like I I just don't have the same juice that I would have if I didn't run. Mm. So now I'm like, damn, what do I do on my off days? Mm-hmm. You know, because I I want to feel that that mental need to go exercise and to feel sharp throughout the rest of my day for work. But I, I don't want to get in the way of my upcoming workout. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like the rest days are tricky. It's beautiful. I it's find like, those yeah. to be the hardest days. Yeah, yeah, no, it's, it's, it's that it's the mental side of it, right. Of, yeah. of recognizing the end goal is almost bigger than the sum of its parts. And if you do a little bit less, you're actually doing more in the end. Totally. And uh, we deal with, I know I have a lot of clients that have that, uh, that need exercise that if they build a habit of seven days a week of movement. I go, no, 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 hold on. We're going to do four. They go, Oh, what? Yeah. I'm going to get fat. Yeah. Yeah. So it's fun to, it's fun to coach people through that and see, okay, Hey, you did less and look at this. Hold on. We got better. So you literally worked smarter. Not harder. Yeah. And, and I think everyone wants to work. And if you lay off the rosé, Brittany will be okay. <laughs> uh, that's good. Um, Hit him with one more. Uh, other things I think about 
when, when I program, this is, this is when I'm creating my own programs and I'm not going off of maybe a, a set one that we can find online or through other coaches is I'm living in the six to eight rep range and I'm enjoying drop sets. Ooh, nice. Yeah. So drop sets are fun. Yeah. When you're looking to get a pump. Drop sets are fun. Cause I think you get a little bit of both the strength with the early, we'll call it a, a six set um, or six rep compound movement mm-hmm. and then drop that into something lighter for we'll say 10 or 12 reps. You get a little hypertrophy plus strength in there. Good things seem to happen. That's nice. So generally speaking, I've had really good results with just thinking about compound movements and then dropping them and letting them push through a little bit of failure and feel good after doing that. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. Nice. Six to eight is that money spot. Mm-hmm. You know, like somewhere in there. For when I do over 10, I'm just like, what am I doing? I'm like, am I, is this cardio? Mm. <laughs> you know, I just feel like I've been doing it for so long yeah. that my grip starts to give out on me. Yeah. But six to eight, I, I feel like I can hold good form and a pretty heavy weight no matter what I'm doing. Yeah. Six no, to eight that's money. good. That's good. Yeah. So the, I'll tell you what, for the people that stuck around, mass made simple. Great read for you. Yeah. Read that, digest that, and uh, that's a nugget for you to, to carry a long ways in your strength gains. I'll throw one more at them. Uh, the 531 by Jim Wendler. You're setting rep records, so it is similar to the APRE format. Um, you know, it's tomatoes, tomatoes, pick whichever one you like, but check them out. 531, Jim Wendler. You've got the APRE protocol, three, six, or 10. Uh, mass made simple, simple and sinister, easy strength. Great reads for you guys. Dig in, get busy, go get strong, and then check out Baker and Olive. Yeah. As always, stay coachable. All right. Thanks, guys. We just aborted here without a song of the day. Oh, gosh. Okay. Yeah. Song of the day. My bad. Um, you know who just had a new album drop? X Ambassadors. You ever listen to them? I, I appreciate you stepping up and wanting to lay don't, this expectation. Don't you dare but throw some, Drake's The, the best cheerleader of the history of sports just won a championship for not only his city, but his entire country. And I can't help it. <laughs> Which one are you going to pick? Uh, Money on the Grape. You like that one? Yeah. I'm soft. <laughs> We got to celebrate the Raptors' victory. A friendly reminder, post-certification, there is no guidance. We recognize that the first six months of employment, it's tough to pay the bills. That's why there's massive turnover in our industry. Coachability exists to provide that guidance with systems and strategies proven to increase your impact and income. Thanks for listening to this podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe at the bottom of the page so you can stay up to date on all current podcasts and mentorships. As always, stay coachable.